2: From the TOJ Digital Studios, coming to you courtesy of CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network, which has 24-7 live coverage of sports and costs you absolutely nothing, 100% free at all times, loaded with the things that I always look for in sports coverage, highlights, breaking news, fantasy advice, gambling picks, although I don't know that they're going to be as good as my brother Craig's, but still useful, and quality analysis. All those things are first rate on the CBS Sports HQ, and they're not something that you get very often from a lot of these big-time sports personalities, (laughs) Skip Bayless. And the best part is not only is it completely free 24-7, it doesn't even require a subscription or a login. You just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, and any other connected device at any time to watch CBS Sports HQ. No fake debates, just sports for real sports fans, just like you get here on Play Like a Jet at the great price of absolutely nothing. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet one And with all the craziness going on around Jamal Adams and all the speculation and all the talk about what's really happening, I wanted to reach out to a friend of mine that I know knows this side of the business better than most because he spent three years as the director of communications for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so he can help us clear up what's real, what's not real, what's a smokescreen, what's not a smokescreen, and above all else, what's actually going on. When it comes to the he said, she said here between the Jets and Jamal Adams and the Dallas Cowboys and the Ravens and all the reporters and everybody else, Mr. John Grella. John, thanks so much for coming back on, buddy.
1: I wish I could say it's my pleasure, Scott. It's (laughs) great to talk to you at least.
2: (laughs) I'm glad to have you on the show again, despite the fact that I wish we didn't have to talk about this, because I wish that this wasn't happening with Jamal Adams. And then if it was, it was being kept quiet. But unfortunately... That is not the way that this has broken. By the way, I should mention that if you're looking for somebody to do your PR or your comms, John has got his own business, Jag Public Relations. You can find him on Twitter at John Grella. We'll talk about it later at the end. I'll let him talk about what he's doing right now, but he does a great job. So if you're looking for somebody in his line of work, trust me, you want to look in his direction. So, John, let's talk about this. And let's start. Thanks
1: for the plug, man. Thank you.
2: <laughs> of course, man. I wouldn't say it if I don't believe it. I don't talk about things I don't actually believe on this show. And that's why we're going to get into our real beliefs about what's going on with this Jamal Adams situation. And you're going to help us move through this Because you're somebody whose job it was for three years To kind of sift through the BS So let's start from the beginning One thing that I thought was very telling here Was that Ryan Clark Who is an LSU guy Who is a known confidant of Jamal Adams Goes on ESPN the morning of the trade deadline So before any of this stuff really started And says that Jamal Adams wants out And he wants to go to Dallas Now John You were in a position where part of your job was figuring out who was talking to who and where leaks were coming from. So you knew that if such-and-such reporter was saying something, that it was likely that information was coming from person A. Or if such-and-such radio guy was saying something, then it was likely that was coming from person B. Or if certain ex-player was saying something, that was coming from person C. So in this case, my theory is that Ryan Clark wasn't just guessing here. He wasn't pulling it out of thin air. He was saying this because he was talking to Jamal Adams. Is that something that, as somebody who was a comms guy for three years running the Tampa Bay Buccaneers communications office, this would have been your line of thought if you were looking to plug this up?
1: You're thinking about it the right way, Scott. In my days there, if a leak came out and it came through Jay Glazer... You know, you'd have a list of suspects based on who had relationships with Jay. If a leak came out and it came through Chris Mortensen or Shefter, or Alex Marvez or or whoever, you would, you would have different suspects. So it's like that game of Clue we talked about. And and what I'm hoping to do tonight what I'm hoping to do today is, is help you tune into this dialect, um, or, or this, this different frequency so that you can understand what's really going on. Because I think, um, similar to the politics that I work in, um, there are people who are like genuinely upset. There are people who feign outrage all the time and, and people like me are tr- are trying to figure out, you know, what, what's real and what's show. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I think this is another, another situation where if you, if you give it enough thought and, and put the proper lens on, you could figure out who's, who's angling for what. So, so begin with what you said, Scott, which is who has the relationship in the game of Clue. Ryan Clark, Jamal Adams. So you draw a big red circle around, around that connection right there. Uh, if Jamal Adams is on the trade block or is, is rumored, and Ryan Clark knows he's going on air that morning, he's definitely texting with his buddy the night before, the morning of, and he's not going to go on air and cause problems for his buddy against the guy's wishes. So that was no doubt planted in my view when I see something like that. Um, so th- th- uh, we can we can check that for now as as a as a very important wrinkle in this story.
2: So that would be a logical follow to what we heard Which was that a couple of days before the deadline Jamal Adams' agent had approached the Jets And didn't necessarily ask for a trade or demand a trade But made it clear that Jamal Adams would be okay with the trade So if that was the case Then it would make sense that Ryan Clark would have talked to Adams And gotten that information And so that would line up with the fact that I heard that Adams had done this, and Chris Nimbly had heard that Adams had done this, and a couple of other people had heard that Adams had done this—this this all would logically follow each other, correct?
1: Yes, and and ironic that that uh, Adams and his agent wouldn't be would walk up to the line of requesting a trade and play a little a little um, uh, nuanced game. Um, and 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 yet doesn't understand nuance when it comes to what Joe Douglas's role was vis a vis-, vis the phone, right? <laughs> and he, he said, "Well, if he's on the phone, then he disrespected me." Um, but on his side, that you know, he couldn't say he demanded a trade because it wasn't quite like that. So, uh, you know, he's an operator. It's, it seems pretty clear, right? We all, we all, um, because we wanted to believe and needed to believe it, that he was our president. He told us he was our president. He wasn't elected. And, and, <laughs> and we all, um, wanted to believe, right? He's a very charismatic guy. Um, so, uh, charm is, is, uh, a, charm is an interesting tool when you have persuasion skills, when you have charisma, uh, and, and when you have some, some, uh, God-given gifts, um, that makes for a very powerful combination of things and people may follow you. Um, what you do with that power is a wholly different thing. Uh, and, and, and it shows you, uh, perhaps reveals, um, an unflattering side of, of, Jamal that he's, uh, that he's not necessarily, um, sounding the right, uh, notes the way Livian is and, and some of the other folks do I know for sure that Le'Veon's genuine and authentic? Is he doing what my kids do where one, one's misbehaving the other one's extra polite. Um, or is he, is he been through enough and, and is a little bit older now that he, he's, a um, he's more appreciative and, and has more perspective and maturity on things. So hard to tell, uh, where Le'Veon is, but it, it just seems very clear now that, um, that Jamal has uh, superior charisma is great at being a me guy. Um, and, and we all like having a swag for me. It reminded me of when Bart Scott came to the jets a number of years ago. And, and, and we we were starving for some Raven style defensive swag. Bart Scott provided that and we were glad to have it. And, um, and that worked out uh at least in my view. And but when it comes to Jamal, the cover was bare. He came to us and said, Hey, I like you. And, and, and you wanna believe. Um but but I think he's I far be it for me to ever agree with Mike Francesa, especially when it's him against the jet, but I think he was correct. He must have talked to somebody smart uh at lunch um and listen for a change and he and he said, you know, Jamal Adams likes to separate himself from the team. And that's not what leaders do. And I agree with that. He says, I'm a winner. I'm not used to losing. Losing isn't cool by me as if to, to infer that the rest of his teammates may be comfortable with losing, but that's just not how, who he is a leader, a guy with the C on the chest. In my view, shouldn't be somebody to separate himself from the rest of the team. Shouldn't be, um, demonstrating higher value at the expense of his teammates. And, and I think it's pretty clear right now. What he's doing, Scott, is the new formula, the new trend in the NFL, which is if you don't like where you are, you douse yourself in gasoline and light yourself on fire to get traded.
2: Let's keep in mind what we were just talking about as far as his agent reportedly approaching the Jets and not asking for a trade or demanding one but saying that Jamal would be okay with the trade because that will come into play a little bit later in this story. Now we get to the part where people start reporting that there's buzz about Jamal Adams possibly being called about. Some of the people that were reporting this were Jets reporters. Some of them were national reporters. We saw some reports coming out of Dallas. When you were looking at these reports, John, What was occurring to you? What did you think as you saw these leaks start to come in? Where were they coming from and who were they benefiting?
1: Okay. So here's an important X factor in the equation. There's the organization, right? So there's your GM and your owner and your coach, probably more likely to be your GM or your coach who are talking to the media on the side, maybe more likely to the GM than the coach, depends on the particular situation. Um, There's the player. There's the player's agent. So the player and his agent are going to be um, on the same page, very aligned there. The X factor in the equation is the guy's teammates, Jamal's teammates, and their representatives. In politics, the parallel is to uh, you could have, you know, politician X and politician Y and a whole bunch of, of mercenary lobbyists who are free to leak and to use leaks and information as currency. And so who knows what Jamal told his teammates, what they're privy to, what, what they then told their agents and their agents who have no allegiance to Jamal at all, or the jets are, are whispering to this pundit, that pundit, this reporter, that reporter that there's that, Oh yeah, this is going down. And, and information is, is currency in politics and sports. And I think that that's, I think that explains, um, a very likely third category of people who could be playing in information and fanning the flames, and needless to say, especially in a losing scenario, Scott, that the the meet, the local media are treated to players at their worst and players are at their worst because the media seems almost gleeful that there's turmoil because it justifies and validates their cynicism, their chronic cynicism, you know? So you've got all these reporters who are all too happy to talk to anybody's agent, the long snappers agent who said he has on good authority that this guy wants out He and, and somebody else on the practice squad, his agent, you know, says that says that he knows that, that uh, what teams are in the mix and what they're willing to offer. And, and, You know, in this day and age, what's, what's the, um, what's the punishment if, if you're bartering with bad information on the agent side, uh, on uh, on the donor side or on the recipient side, right? Some more, you know, heel juice to, you know, to kind of, uh, to spread around and, and to, and to inject into the system more clicks and, and more, um, more buzz.
0: They named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME.
3: Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on everything one of them keep up with all the transfers in college basketball and so much more you are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts Google Play Spotify Stitcher TuneIn or wherever you get your podcasts
2: play like a jet play like a jet so as you're looking at these leaks did you think that a significant portion of them were coming from the Jets the Cowboys Adam's side of the equation in addition to what you were talking about with third parties that people might not have even considered?
1: So if there's a leak that's making the Jets look bad, that's likely to come from Team Adams. If there is a leak that's that has Jamal looking bad, it's likely, but less likely in my view, that it comes from the team side. Um, the reason why I say it's less likely is because two factors. One is the trend I mentioned that if the player is over it and wants out along the lines of Antonio Brown, Jalen Ramsey, and a whole host of other folks who who want to change the scenery, they're willing to light themselves ablaze and, and to get the trade. So maybe Jamal is willing to look a little bit bad, a little bit like a heel. If he thinks he, he if he thinks he can expedite this trade, the other part of it is, and I really think that, that, he has revealed himself a bit that Jamal has delusions of grandeur, right? He showed, he obviously showed it in his quote about Aaron Donald and Tom Brady. Um, and, and I think he's probably misread or overstated the equity he and goodwill he has with the Jets fan base and thinks he could probably use his charm skills to fool them into, to turning on, Douglas, and Gase, and I'm way, pop, I'm way more popular than those guys, just watch, I'm going to turn everybody against them, and they actually were able to see through the nonsense.
2: And I want to come back to that a little bit later on, but I do want to ask you about the fact that I thought, and I still do to an extent, that the Jets were very negligent here in the sense that It's fine for them to take phone calls about Jamal Adams. That's what general managers do. But Jamal Adams is a rare case here because, as you said, he's somebody that this Jets fan base is connected to and has a visceral connection with in a way that I haven't seen with any Jets player that I can think of at the level that Jamal Adams is at. We could talk about other players that have come through in recent times. Wayne Corbett would be one of them. Everybody loved Wayne Kribet, but not like this. Almost, as you said, like a Pied Piper. So many Jets fans worship the ground that Jamal walks on to the point where if you say anything negative about him on Twitter, they'll tag him, they'll pillory you, they'll say, oh my God, I can't believe you're trying to chase this guy out of town. And essentially, you can't say anything bad about him at all or you're going to get that reaction. So we know that that's the case with Jamal Adams, and we know that Jamal Adams is a very emotional person who will go out and say things to the media, who will say things on social media. So my theory was, if you're Joe Douglas, if you're talking to any team about Jamal Adams, regardless of whether they called you, you called them, you're shopping him, you're not shopping him, you had to start the conversation with, I will listen to any offer you have, however if a word of this leaks out in the press, this negotiation is over and I will deny to the press that we ever spoke about this. That's my theory of where the Jets went wrong in this. And we could talk about other areas where the Jets did things that they should or shouldn't have done. But that was my thought. The only mitigating circumstance here would be if stuff was coming From Jamal Adams side to the press Then obviously it nullifies everything Because if Adams himself is feeding the press Then that means that when we get to the part where he came out and was all upset That that was all a part of an act And it wasn't anything that he was actually honestly reacting to But from Douglas' side That is how I think he had to handle this He had to tell any team that was calling to ask I will deny that we ever spoke about this. And if I hear anything about this in the press, we are done. Is that more or less how you would have handled this? And do you think that the Jets messed up in that regard? Uh,
1: tough, tough question, Scott. I guess I would say as follows, uh, especially with head coaches, they view PR as a sideshow. Uh, and and this is true sometimes in politics, too, The you know, the communications operation is a, is a sideshow and it's only there to be blamed when things aren't going well. And, and they're, they're, um, more in this sort of reactive, um, mode than preventative care, meaning where anything that gets in the way, be it hard knocks or, you know, or, a a, you know, just a short media interview, can be met by a cranky restless coach with, you know, obviously you don't want us to win. And, and, um, you know, why are you wasting my time? I'm trying to win ball games. And if we're up to coaches and they have their druthers, there would only be football and nothing else. Well, you know, if you, when you don't deal with it, it exacerbates it, it, it really, um, it snowballs. And, and so this is what you get when you don't, when you don't deal with stuff in the here and now, or don't plan ahead. So predictably this thing has blown up in their faces. Um, Douglas seems to understand and seems to be less prickly than Gase, but we, I mean, again, we don't know yet. Um, I don't begrudge Douglas for doing his job. You know, I think he, I'm sure views, um, uh, nobody as untouchable. Uh, is not going to be intimidated by a guy's personality or Twitter followers, and and probably um, views Jamal Adams as a luxury that the Jets can't afford. So did he shop them? No, he did not. Do I do I hold him accountable for fielding phone calls or talking about Jamal? No, that's his job, and I don't think that he has to go run into Jamal and say, "Hey, I you know I, I did talk about you today." He doesn't owe him that. But I'll also add, based on what we've heard from Jamal in the last few days with his uh, his sort of casual relationship with accuracy, we don't know whether whether Joe Douglas and he connected. We don't know for sure whether Joe Douglas approached him and was straight up with him or has talked to him since then. Right? Jamal mm-hmm. is trying to push his way out of New York, sadly, and he's going to say whatever it takes. And what's the recourse if it turns out that he was fibbing and he made it look like Joe Douglas was blowing him off or running away from him or he, you know, whatever, didn't didn't look up at, at the breakfast table. Uh, it, you know, Jamal's just trying to get himself out of town right now. So whatever makes the team look bad, he's going to do to the point where they're going to they're gonna, um, feel like they have to deal him to get rid of the headache and give in to this this. this, this burgeoning trend of players who are deciding um not where they go like an nba player but but where they don't want to be and they can and almost any nfl star can get his way out of a town if he wants to now
2: and to back up your point about making the jets look bad as this went on and on, there were people that said they started off hoping Adams wasn't getting traded to then, hoping he would, only because there was almost no putting the genie back in the bottle here. Is that sort yeah. of how you felt as you were watching this play out?
1: Yeah, I, I, I was one of those people, actually, where on one hand, you think I think of that Bart Scott um, example and say, you know, he was not only some of the best talent we had, but also had that swag and that charisma and leadership. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to back off of leadership a little bit more a few days later, um, because this isn't, this isn't good leadership, right? This is, this is using charisma maybe for less than wholesome ways for, for less than team building ways. Like I think that's fair to say. And, and so, uh, you know, I, 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 I my views on him have changed. And, you know, the bad news for Jamal Adams is, yeah, you might get traded, but you're not going to get traded to the Dallas Cowboys, not over Joe Douglas's dead body.
3: Hey, guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint
2: Right now, obviously, Jamal Adams remains with the Jets and what happens from here on out is to be determined. But once this all wrapped up and Jamal Adams wasn't traded, then everything comes to a standstill and you figure, okay, maybe this is a story for another day and then it dies off until Jamal Adams does exactly what I was afraid he would do. Which is why I said that the Jets had to do everything they could to keep this quiet. Unless, of course, as we said, it was Adams' camp that was leaking some of this. And if that's what was going on, then obviously there was nothing Joe Douglas was going to be able to do. But here's what Jamal Adams tweets out not long after the trade deadline ends, and he ends up not getting traded. Any reports of me asking to be traded from the New York Jets are completely false. At the end of the week last week, I sat down with the GM and Coach Gase and told them I want to be here in New York. I was told yesterday by my agent that the GM then went behind my back and shot me around to teams. Even after I asked him to keep me here, this is crazy business. So John, I thought a couple of things were telling here and I want you to help me decipher this. The first is that he says any reports of me asking to be traded from the New York Jets are completely false. Remember, we said earlier that what we had heard is that Adam's agent had said he'd be okay with a trade, which is not per se asking for one, even though it really is, in effect, asking for a trade. The other thing here is he says the GM. He does not say Joe Douglas by name, but he does say Coach Gase. So I thought that was interesting, too. What do you make of what Adams tweeted here? And is there anything to read into the two things that I just pointed out?
1: Oh, for sure. This this makes me want to bust out my old uh, secret decoder ring. Um, You had to parse it and take it word by word and try to figure out what he actually meant. And and, uh, the first thing that came to mind when I heard that statement, Scott, was if a player has a sit down with his coach and GM during a game week, something's going on. So they weren't just like hanging out, having a progress report, or, or doing a performance review. Why were the three of them sitting down together during a busy week? That doesn't just happen. So there probably was a sit down as a result of some some other problem, and maybe, or maybe not, during the course of that conversation, he said, "I want to be here," and, or 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 just didn't say, "I want to be out of here." but he could have said a whole bunch of other things too that could have been completely contradictory or maybe he's full of soup as it is right so so you know maybe he said none of those things maybe he said different versions of that maybe he's being cute with his language but if he sat down with the coach and GM during a game week and they're having a heart to heart that raises the eyebrows because that shouldn't be happening that only happens when there's a problem
2: so that all happens and then You think to yourself, okay, this is about as wild as it's going to get. And Joe Douglas goes out and does the press conference and talks about what Jamal Adams said. And so then we move ahead to the next part of this, which is the next day when Ryan Clark comes on ESPN and says that the Jets are showing once again that they're a joke and they're a bad organization And he's saying, how could you try to trade guys like Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Adams who work hard and do everything you ask of them? You should be looking to trade Sam Darnold. That's what you should be looking to do. Then Mike Greenberg jumps in and adds that Sam Darnold getting mono was the second best thing to happen to the Jets this season, which is a bizarre thing to say for a variety of reasons. But let's go back to Clark because, again... As somebody who did comms in the NFL, John, we've established based on what you know about these things that Ryan Clark is in effect a media mouthpiece for Jamal Adams. So when you hear this, are you thinking what I'm thinking, which is that if Ryan Clark is saying that he's down on Darnold, that probably means that Jamal Adams is down on Darnold too, even if he's not going to say so himself publicly.
1: Well, all right. So here's where I might differ a little bit. My my take on that, is he's now in, in the mode of whatever it takes to get out of town. So he may love Sam and maybe like the rest of us have a couple more doubts than we did you know uh, two months ago. Um, but he could still be a believer in Sam, but understands that he's got to mash all the buttons, all the buttons and try to find the eject button. And, and so he's just looking for that eject button and it's going to say whatever it takes. And the best way to get out of New York right now is by pissing off the GM, pissing off the coach, crapping on the quarterback, and then you're going to get yourself out of here. And that's what he's going to do. Look, it, the KO situation, which, you know, which uh, you know, we has been obscured by, by something bigger and more meaningful with Jamal, um, may give you a little bit of a clue. I mean, there's a little bit of a roadmap that Ko provided. If you create problems in the locker room and you create noise in the media, and then and and you run to the media to tattle on your coach, your GM, and then the team the team does what it thinks it needs to do and says, "Well, you're you're gone now." Well, before before you're gone, what may have happened in both situations? is that the coach and GM tell the player, okay, I'm going to need you to go out there and say, there were no trade talks and that you want to be here. And the player maybe does what the, what the team wants one minute. And then uh, you know the next minute, he's he's working back channels or contradic- contradicting themselves somehow. So he, in both players' instances, I had those feelings where the players almost were reading like a hostage note and, and we're forced to say, or asked to say, if you're a team player and you don't want to be viewed as, you know, a malcontent, I'm going to need you to go publicly and say, you know, I absolve the organization of this responsibility. Right. So that's one, two is if a player is upset, upset about losing, upset about a situation, and you want to demonstrate that you are the leader that you say you are, then you don't run to the media. The media do not wish you well, and and they're not wearing green, right? And just like we said about Francesa, uh, Francesa's observation before, is this is another example of Jamal separating himself from his teammates. And if you're upset about something, if you're upset about a game, and I've been around a lot of players who've been upset about situations, a game, how the season's going and whatnot, the last people many of them would want to go to is the media because they know the media is not your friend but jamal is trying to manipulate the media because he thinks he's smarter than everybody he thinks he could he could dupe the fans he thinks he could dupe the media and he thinks he could separate himself from his team and to get his ticket out of town so that that was another example and and if you if you're upset that the, that the GM has not sought you out and you haven't sat down with the GM since I guess a few days ago, but you did have the time to sit down with, to sit down with, um, with the boys in the locker room, meaning the media, not your, not the teammates in green and, and, and to text with Ryan Clark and who knows who else, then, then you're, you're not shooting straight. You're right? right. You're, you're trying to, to win a PR battle, and, and trying to use your persuasion skills and your platform, your influence, to, to get yourself dealt out of town.
2: Which plays into the next part of this story, where he talks to the media later that day after the Clark comments, and then says that he's very hurt and compares himself to Tom Brady and Aaron Donald saying the Rams don't take calls for Aaron Donald, The Patriots don't take calls for Tom Brady. By the way, the Rams did take calls for Aaron Donald a couple of years ago when they were in an impasse on the contract situation and he was And you know the
1: Patriots did. I'm watching Jimmy G right now. You know know that the Patriots (laughs) took calls on Tom Brady when they were deciding what to do there.
2: Bill Belichick would trade his own mother for the right price. I think we both know that. But what it boils down to with Jamal Adams is he's talking about this like... Joe Douglas went around actively shopping him behind his back when, according to all reports and the information that I have, he didn't actively shop Adams at all. Teams called, Douglas Listen, they did a back and forth where Douglas said, if you want Adams, you're going to have to give me this insane offer. Nobody was willing to make that offer, and so jamal adams ended up staying in jet i believe the analogy that chris nimbley used the other day was he's not looking to sell his car but hey if you want to give me a million dollars for my car i'll sell you my car and it seems like that's really the way the jets were approaching this meanwhile jamal adams isn't framing it that way he's framing it as if joe douglas was actively shopping him and was desperately trying to trade him which doesn't seem to be the case Is this an instance of Jamal Adams being oversensitive or do you think that there's more to this that he was trying to use this to spin the situation to make Joe Douglas look like the bad guy to cover up for the fact that he wants out of town and he doesn't want fans to know that he wants out of town because it kind of felt like that to me. And I'm not saying that I have any definitive proof of that. Again, John, I'm just trying to get you to help us see what the real story is here from the lens of somebody who dealt with this kind of thing for three years up close. What do you think was going on here?
1: If Jamal was as smart as he thought he was, then he wouldn't on one hand say, I'm hurt they wanted to deal me, and oh, geez, it really would have been great to play for the Cowboys. You know I grew up in Dallas, right? (laughs) So you you got to choose one line or the other. And but, but that's why I'm saying he's pressing every button. They don't have to be consistent. They don't have to be logical. He's saying whatever it takes to light himself on fire. He thought he had one you know one foot out of one foot out of uh, out of the cell, and that he was about to ru- you know run to freedom, and and it and they ended up closing the closing the bars on him, and he's pissed now. So he's going to say whatever it takes. So at first I thought maybe hurt feelings. But if, if everyone from the Dallas Cowboys' own social media accounts to Jamal Adams himself out loud in Florham Park are saying, oh, man, that would have been awesome. Well, you've got your story there. That's, that's, that's all this is. He's not looking for reassurance. If you want a reassurance, he would have had, he would have had a, the sit down that he said he had the week before where he, he where he said, Oh, I'm so, uh, you know, all I want to do is be in New York jet for life Which you know, that wasn't the, the whole of the conversation last week. And he could have had, if he was looking for reassurance, he could have gotten one because the answer is simple. The answer is very simple. He goes and knocks on Gase's door, knocks on Douglas's door, and says, "I don't think you love me anymore." And they say, "Baby, I've always loved you, and I always will. I only would have traded you for three ones. I, you know, I, I. Here's what the price was. If that doesn't flatter you, I don't know what you will, Jamal. But hey, you know, and and if Jamal wanted to be reassured, he would have been, but he just wants out.
2: Which brings us to the next part of this, where. He actually went back on social media after talking to the press to reassure everybody that he's locked in. He does not say in these tweets that he's committed to being a Jet, that he wants to be here, that he's looking to stay for the long term. What he says is that he's locked in. His main focus is on the team in the Dolphins game Sunday. He's past everything, looking forward to taking the field and competing. And then, quote, tweeting Bleacher Report, who reported what he had said as far as Aaron Donald and Tom Brady, he says, not saying I'm the greatest ever, but you shouldn't tell a guy you are the cornerstone of the team on Friday that you won't be moved and then negotiate terms with other teams 3 days later but look I'm at peace with everything it's all love
1: look here's here's a deal with Jamal right he he's he's absolutely miserable he separated himself from the team he wants out there's really nothing more to to all of this and the bad news for him as i said before is joe douglas will be damned if he deals deals jamal adams to the team he wants i think he made a mistake by giving the locker room the idea that if they acted like ko or ab or any other uh initials uh, you could think of um, or Jalen Ramsey, I guess Jr. That that you can you can get yourself out of town, right? And and I think the other the other factor here is that Jamal Adams, because he needs to be loved, is dreading being turned on by the fan base, being booed at home, not being loved. Doesn't want to doesn't want to jeopardize endorsements and his star so he needs to look like he's he's committed to working but he just doesn't want to work here and so that's a fine line to try to um uh to try to walk but that's that's what he's doing here and i i think it would kill him if if he came out of the tunnel for our next home game and got booed which he will
2: and that of course is the difference between him and Darrell Rebus. Part of why Darrell Rivas wasn't universally loved is because there was a significant portion of the fan base who believed he was selfish and greedy. You could take issue with what he did or not, but the point is you knew where he was coming from and you knew what he was trying to do. It almost seems like Jamal Adams is trying to have things both ways here where he can get what he wants without having to tell people what he wants because he knows that if he does that, he will end up being the bad guy. And then we get to the last part of this chapter, at least for now, where Jamal Adams is asked about the fact that he said he would love to play for the Dallas Cowboys. His response is that he only got to that after he was pretty sure the Jets were going to trade him. But I have to go back to the original point that we made, John, regarding Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark said... The morning of the trade deadline before any of this stuff was going on That Jamal Adams wanted out and wanted to go to the Dallas Cowboys It seems a tad coincidental that Ryan Clark, Jamal Adams' confidant, good buddy, and media mouthpiece Is saying this and then all of a sudden Jamal Adams only had this thought After the news and rumors came out about the possible trade later in the day
1: Uh, Look, I, I, I think it's probably the case that Joe Douglas either out of spite or out of uh, leverage, um, you know, decided that he wasn't gonna give Jamal or the Cowboys what they wanted. Didn't want to feel worked, didn't want to feel manipulated, decided that, you know, that hey, what and this was this is one of my main arguments around the trade deadline and why why especially losing teams are not you know shouldn't be shopping then. Um, and as we mentioned before the show, this is like the, uh, the reverse of black Friday that the trade deadline is when you pay extra, there's not special trade, trade deadline deals. The winning team needs that extra piece, that one extra piece to put them over the top and they pay a premium and they pay a tax to get a guy to lure a guy away from a lesser team. The lesser team in that instance, while not happy that they're a lesser team has has to be wooed and persuaded. If Jamal Adams' true value is that he's a first-rounder plus, which I think is fair, I don't think, like unlike Leonard, where where you say, you know, was he worth a first-round pick? In, in Leonard's case, you'd say not. In the case of Jamal, you would say, yeah, his talent dictates. He's probably a first-rounder, and maybe then some. If you're the Jets, you say, if we trade Jamal for a one, Considering a Pro Bowl talent, a young Pro Bowl talent um, who's who's gotten a lot of admirers around the league, that you've got to ask for more, or you're treading water. So if if Jamal's real value is like a first and a third, then why wouldn't the Jets ask for more than that? Because because the Cowboys had to know. That a guy like that's not going to be gotten for just a one. The Jets are not in the business. They're not like the Oakland A's or the or the Tampa Bay Rays or something where where the you know, or the Marlins, uh, probably the best example of all, where we groom your stars of tomorrow. Right. Like that's that's not what most teams want to be doing is is drafting good players and giving away the few good ones to real contenders and and starting from scratch all over again. So I I don't blame the Jets one bit for for saying, you know, once whatever the number was that we're, we're not content to have what we paid and just a tiny bit more. We're going to ask for a lot more than that, because I know both parties are really excited right now. Jamal's excited to get out of town and get home to Dallas. The Cowboys are excited so much so that they're actually, you know, acknowledging rumors on their social media accounts. And you know what? I'm not going to be a pushover here. This is a trade deadline. If you want to unstick the player, then pay me.
2: Right now, if you sign up over at mybookie.ag, you can place any prop bet you want, or you can bet on any of the games coming up this Sunday, including the Jets and the Miami Dolphins, and use the promo code OVERTIME to get your first deposit double. That's right, they will match your first deposit when you sign up over at mybookie.ag. You can bet on props across the league or you can bet on props in the Jets game who's going to throw more touchdowns, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Sam Darnold, who's going to throw more interceptions, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Sam Darnold. Will Adam Gase gloat in the post game presser if he beats his old team? I'm going to bet yes on that one. You can bet on any of these or you can bet on any of these or any of the games across the league. Just go to mybookie.ag right now, use the promo code overtime and you'll get your first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag, you play you win and you get paid. And if you're going to be betting on the Jets and the Miami Dolphins, you may want to get out of this cold weather and head down to Miami, Florida for the weekend and catch yourself the Jets and the Dolphins live in person because I think the tickets are going to be pretty cheap. And if you want to get cheap tickets that are really, really good because, yeah, you don't want to spend a lot of money, but if you're going to make that trip, you want to get good seats, the best place to get good tickets for the cheapest price is at Vivid Seats. So if you download the Vivid Seats mobile app today, Enter the promo code OVERTIME at checkout. You will get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. You can get tickets for the Jets and the Dolphins if you're going to Miami, or if you're sticking around and you don't want to use it on that, you can use your discount on a wide variety of events, including concerts, other sports like basketball and hockey, even a pro wrestling show. Whatever your heart desires, you can get tickets over on the Vivid Seats mobile app. So just download the Vivid Seats mobile app, use the promo code OVERTIME, and you will get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. So John, it sounds like you think that in some way the Cowboys and Adams may have been working independently but sort of together to try and make this happen because you had the Cowboys calling and make an offer Adams floating it out there that he wanted to go to the Cowboys. So even if he didn't tell the Cowboys outright, he was using Clark as a way to give the bat signal to the Cowboys. So they would step up and try and make this offer. And of course the Ravens ended up getting involved And from what we understand now, the Ravens actually were the ones that made the better offer, but that's what you think happened here with Jamal Adams that he gave the bat signal out to the Dallas Cowboys through back channels.
1: tampering that would be a bat signal is is the best case scenario as far as the the you know potential for tampering and being in cahoots with one another. Right? If 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 they're defending themselves to the league and the Jets say, and I bet they will, go to the league and say, I happen to know that both sides have been talking, those sides have been talking and this this was a you know again deal where the two of them were trying to were trying to uh work us over i bet the jets are going we haven't heard the last of of this you're going to see on pro football talk that the jets are going to the league and they're asking the league to look into tampering and and so uh what's lost by that by the way and and joe as a new gm who just got who just got kind of worked by ko and and looked a little bit bad is like geez, I'm, i can't look like a pushover so i'm not going to give the player and another team what they want i'm going to jack up the price not lower it and and maybe maybe he'll deal him later on, um, but he's not going to be manipulated like that. And then and Jamal's having a temper tantrum now. He can't figure out where the eject button is. He thought he he thought he was home free, and he's not. He's stuck now. And 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 the and the problem is for for Jamal. He was hoping to be traded midweek and be playing at Texas Stadium this weekend or AT and T. Right? What is going to happen? When the next Jets home game When he comes out of the tunnel And it's half boos Maybe more
2: It's certainly an interesting question Considering the fact that it seems like A lot of this story revolves around The fact that Jamal Adams Does not want to be the bad guy Does not want to be the one getting booed He has gone out of his way To try and ingratiate himself With the Jets fan base So as we've seen If he were to try and punch his ticket out of town He would presumably want to make it look like that was not the case in fact we saw the emphatic denials that would seem to indicate that that is indeed the case so this is really interesting stuff john obviously everything we've just talked about is piecing together stuff that we know with stuff that we think we know based on some of the things that you picked up and learned when you were the Director of Communications for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think it's a really interesting perspective that you have because, again, you've been in that seat, so you know this in a way that I wouldn't and that most people listening to this wouldn't so I'm really glad that you were able to share a few minutes and talk about this with me how do you think this ultimately plays out now do you think this is it for Adams at the end of the season Douglas is going to try and trade him for the best deal he can get do you think there's any way that they can patch this up what do you think's going to happen here when all is said and done
1: I think, I think it's all pointing toward, um, a, a, an ugly breakup. Um, uh, you know, that's, that seems pretty clear, at least right now. Of course, there's the chance of reconciliation, but here, are, there are a number of factors working here that would, that would, uh, lead me to, to taking the under on, on kind of reconciliation. And, and that is the team's lack of success on the field. So there's not going to be hope on the part of, of uh, Adams. There's not going to be, uh, there's going to be more of an appetite on the part of the organization to blow things up and to give away assets they have for something else and start fresh. Um, So that's another strike um, in the pro trade column. He's going to continue to make noise when Jamal starts to lose the love of the fans that he seems to crave and need. Then he's gonna, he's gonna turn on the fans too. And he's gonna get very, I don't need you. And, and he's gonna do this sort of heel turn, uh, to use the wrestling term. And he's gonna go from Mr., from the president to, um, to the sort of Manchurian candidate, right? And, and, and this is, this is gonna, this is heading towards incredible ugliness in my view. Um, I, I think it's a shame. Uh, I said to you before, Scott a true leader with the C on his chest and that kind of charisma and talent, if he wanted something as simple as, a, as simple and painful as a coaching change, he could easily orchestrate a coup and get Gase booted. Maybe it's not right away, but he could turn a locker room. He has that, he has those skills and would that be positive leadership? No, I think Again, back to that back to the Francesa thing. He's not thinking about what he and his boys want um as Jets. He's thinking about what Jamal wants. And what Jamal wants is out and not to be with his guys. So I think I think he's pretty much tipped his hand as to who he is. And I think when you see somebody who's got that kind of charisma and that kind of influence and seems to need that kind of attention, I mean, look at Baker Mayfield dealing with with uh, with some of these growing pains, too. When you have a lack of success on field, you're not meeting expectations. The media are gleeful and criticizing you and, and you, you lose your mind and you're not used to not being loved and you can't handle not being a guy, uh, and so that's that's a really disconcerting and 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 upsetting place to be. And the really good ones can find a way to kind of can tune it out, turn off the radio, and, and get off Twitter. And but the other ones are, are kind of hooked on it, kind of addicted to it. And I think he is. So I think it's going to drive him nuts. And I think you're going to see him. He's 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 clearly casting his lot with the media as opposed to the organization. And, and you'll see where that, where that lands you. That's not gonna, you better sleep with one eye open. Cause they, when it behooves them to turn on him, they will. And, and, but th- that team is going to start to sense that he's got his bags packed and is, is, has got one foot out the door. And obviously the, or- the uh, upstairs, the uh, frontal office of the organization has already made that determination. I just think it's a matter of time that he's gone and, and, you know, can you get value for him for a malcontent who knows? Right. But like you're, you're seeing this over and over again, Jalen Ramsey and these other guys, they, they, they want to hit the reset button like they're a little kid with uh, with a Nintendo um, uh, in a game. That's being, that's frustrating. Right. I play my kid. I hate to let my kid on fire, but we're playing old school Tecmo on Nintendo. And you know, once I get to 14, nothing, he's, he's hitting the reset button. And I think that's what these guys are doing.
2: An interesting addendum to this, by the way. Jamal Adams ends up on the injury report with a foot issue. Hadn't heard anything about this before all the drama unfolded, so who knows what's really going on He sustained
1: the injury when he put it in his mouth uh, (laughs) over the last few days.
2: So... John Grella, thanks so much for coming on again. Really appreciate it. I'm glad that you could help us break things down from the vantage point of somebody who dealt with this for a living for three years. For those that are unfamiliar with you and what you do, why don't you go ahead and talk about the project that you're working on right now, your company, and also how fans can get a hold of you if they want to talk to you. Sure,
1: I'm on Twitter uh, at Jonathan Grella, J-O-N-A-T-H-N-G-R-E-L-L-A. My firm is Jag Public Affairs and It has it also has its own Twitter handle, um, so uh, they can reach me there. Um, I'm regularly tweeting more about uh, the Jets than than most anything else, um, as it's been on my mind. So it's been Jets and Nets uh, the last few days, one happy, one sad. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've got a, a I've got a. a a fledgling PR firm, which is, has been a lot of fun. And we do crisis stuff, advocacy, publicity, um, you name it. Um, so nothing quite as fun as this. Um, it's, it's really messed up. <laughs> what we're dealing with is Jets fans. And I, I think you, I think you see, um, you know, people's true colors when the chips are down, Scott, it's a shame that we're, we're We're doing it, but I guess misery loves company.
2: I don't even know what to add to that, John, but go ahead and follow John on Twitter at Jonathan Grella. Make sure that you pick his brain on all things public affairs, but more importantly, the Jets, because I'm sure he'd rather talk about the Jets than public affairs. But if you are looking for a PR person, John's your guy. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.